We have been in a series called One, and what we're actually going to do is we're going to take a little detour this week. We're going to pick back up next week in our series called One. Last week, we talked about the role of a husband. Next week, we're going to talk about the role of a wife. But this morning, I really wanted to just talk about the kind of influence that moms have in our lives and the influence that they have had and continue to have. I want to just look in God's word this morning and talk about this. Moms, we want to recognize how much you really do all of the time and the way that you impact us spiritually in so many different ways. I heard of a father that was trying to explain the concept of marriage to his four-year-old daughter. And they were, and so he pulled out his, uh, his wedding pictures and they were looking together at this and and uh, it was, it was, you know, they were looking at the service and how the progression of the service. And, and he said, if you have any questions about anything, just, just feel free to speak up and ask me. And she pointed to uh, some of the, the, a picture of the wedding party. And she said, daddy, is this when mama came to work for us? And uh, that's, that's what her question was. And but we want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you. I know this. I know that Mother's Day in some ways can be a tough day for some ladies. It can be a tough day for some folks. And and uh, maybe you want to be a mom, but you can't for some reason. Maybe some of you, maybe you haven't had the best mom in the world. And this is a painful kind of reminder of that. And you struggle a little bit with that today. We're praying for you as well. Maybe some of you, you've, you've lost your mom. And this is a tough day. And we recognize that as well. And pray that the Lord will comfort you. Some of you, you've lost a child. It's, it's, it can be a tough day for some. Even some of you, maybe you feel uh, just the pain of a, a child that's maybe gone a little wayward. And you're concerned about that and you're struggling with that. And then there are some of you that you are a mom and you're flying solo in this deal. And you're a single mom and you're struggling along through that and you're trying to do two different roles and and uh, make the ends meet. And, and, and it's just a, a difficult time as you try to nurture your children along. And, and, and we just want you to know that we love you uh, here at EVC. We love the single moms and we want to be sure to support you and undergird you and what you're doing to raise your kids and come alongside you. And um, we just we just know this. All of you have made just a tremendous impact in our lives uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, that men are what their mothers make them, that they are what their moms make them by the way that they influence their life. And there's a Spanish proverb that says this, that an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. And uh, don't you know that that's true in the way that they influence? And sometimes we think others are more influential. But the truth is, is that you probably influence us more than anybody. By the way that you live your lives, by the way that you have, have poured yourself and, and for many of you have poured Christ into our lives. And this morning we're going to look in, in First and Second Timothy. We're also going to look in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me today as we look in the Word of God. And as you're turning there, to go, go ahead and we'll start in 2 Timothy. And, uh, but you can go ahead and find the book of Acts as well. And uh, it's, it's going to be right after the Gospels. But as we go there, I want to just give you a little bit of context, a little background at a family that we're going to look at that had an interesting family dynamic. And uh, I want to introduce you to a lady named Eunice and a lady named Lois. As we look in the word of God this morning, Eunice was raised by a very spiritual lady, a lady named Lois. And this was her mother. And uh, Eunice loved to learn the stories of the scriptures. 
uh, and this was the Old Testament. She loved to learn this when she was young. She loved going to worship services, going to temple with her mother. And as she approached her teenage years, she was focused on spiritual matters. But in this time, as this happens sometimes, she became attracted to a young man. And he was a young man that did not know the Lord, that did not uh, follow the same uh, kind of beliefs that she had. And, and against the best wishes of her godly mother, against the teachings of her faith, and probably the tug of her conscience, she married, she ended up marrying this man. And that, so they had a different belief system that they were struggling with and trying to raise uh, their son that they would have a few years later. After this few years of marriage that uh, Eunice had with her husband, they had a baby boy. And his name was Timothy. And in the meantime, um, Eunice, uh, her dad had died. And so Lois came to live with Eunice and with her husband and with Timothy. And so they had this family dynamic that was going on. They had uh, two that were very strong spiritually. There was a, a father that was involved, but he was not involved spiritually. He was not involved in this process, as we'll see, and he's not mentioned uh, as Paul talks about this in a few minutes. And Timothy's mother and his grandmother, they would spend hours with Timothy. They would spend hours with him, teaching him the stories of the Old Testament, teaching him the scriptures of God. And, and they would take time training him and, and sharing with him the things of God. And, and they didn't have veggie tales uh, to be able to just put a video in, or there was not an Awana program. There was nothing like that. They just spent time with Timothy. They spent time and they lived their faith out before Timothy. And one day in God's perfect timing, a preacher named Paul came to their town. And Paul began to speak and he began to talk about how the Old Testament was how Jesus, this person named Jesus, was the son of God and how he was the fulfillment of all that the Old Testament that they had been learning and had grown up with, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the fulfillment of all of this. And both Lois and Eunice placed their faith in Christ as the Messiah for eternal life. As new believers, they used their influence, they used their influence to teach Timothy all that they were learning about Jesus. And so they were even new believers now. And they were learning and they were but because they knew scripture early on, they were able to begin to put this together about who Jesus was. And what we know from reading the book of Acts is that Paul himself took a personal interest in Timothy. Paul would later on become a spiritual father, a spiritual mentor in Timothy's life. But what I want you to see is that he partnered with Eunice, Timothy's mom, and with Lois, his grandmother. He partnered with them in leading Timothy to a faith in Christ. And Timothy, no doubt, would become a world changer. I mean, he was somebody that, that, that he impacted his community and his culture and and Paul would, would partner together with Timothy later on. P Timothy became a young pastor and, and he became a church planner and he was with Paul in this. And many years later, Paul, because of his faith, would, would go to prison. And he would be persecuted for his faith. And, and it was because he was preaching the same gospel. And Paul was awaiting his execution. And while he's awaiting his execution, he writes a couple of letters. First and second Timothy. He writes them to Timothy who had now become a pastor of one of the churches that they had started. 
They had gotten this church up and running, and, and now Timothy was a young leader, and Paul is wanting to pour into his life. And I want to show you some different passages of Scripture today because I want you to see the dramatic impact that these two women had on Timothy. They changed his life, you know? And, and I want you to see that because they changed his life, and the way that they changed his life, they prepared the soil of Timothy's heart to be prepared to receive God. And they did this early on. And you'll see this in the scriptures. These ladies stepped up to the plate spiritually in their, in, in their son, in their grandson's life. And, and because of this, his life was changed. And then he began to change a church, which changed a culture. And even still, 2,000 years today, we're talking about it. And what I want you to know is it started with these ladies. It started with these godly women pouring themselves into Timothy's life. And last week, I know this, that we touched on the role of a husband. And we talked about the role of a husband. We talked about him being a shepherd. We talked about him being in a place of spiritual leadership in the home according to Scripture and that God has set up headship and God has set up this structure. And there is no doubt that the fact that God has given leadership responsibility to husbands and to dads. There's no doubt about that. We find that in the Word of God. We don't want to shirk those responsibilities as men. Uh, and our, our wives certainly desire for, for we who are men to be spiritual leaders, to lead, to step up to the plate and lead in that way, to lead in their life, to lead in our kids' lives spiritually. But what we know is this, and you know this is true, is that doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen. And, and, and what happens a lot of times, is, as we talked about last week, is, is you see that there are oftentimes with, with many men, there is a spiritual passiveness where men will not step up to the plate in the way that God has made them and called them to be. And, and, and we see this happening uh, on, on a regular basis. And, and, and the thing that we see in this situation with Timothy is that it's very obvious that Timothy had, had a situation to where his dad was spiritually passive. His dad did not have the same belief system that, that he had and, and, and was, was, not, was passive, maybe not so much in other areas of his life, but certainly in the matter of spiritual things. And, and, and God, we know, has set up a structure of, of, of spiritual leadership. And we know that a husband is supposed to take on that role, and that's ideal. That's what we want to see happen. But here is the thing. We know that we don't live in an ideal world. We know that sometimes things happen to where this doesn't, this doesn't take place. In many cases, the biological father does not step up spiritually. He doesn't do this. And sometimes the biological father is not a believer and he doesn't know Christ. And, and sometimes um, relationships are broken and homes are broken. And sometimes we know this. And some of you experience the pain of this kind of loss. Sometimes dads leave and they're not there. And, and they're not involved in their kids' lives. And they're not involved in their families' lives. Sometimes even they pass away. So what does this mean? Does this mean that these children who are coming up are not going to be able to have godly influence in their lives? And, and we would say that, that certainly does not mean that at all. It means this. It means that by God's grace, what we see more times than not is we see the incredible spiritual influence of women in our lives. God uses moms and God uses grandmoms and, and God did this in Timothy's life. Last week, 
um, one of our pastors received a very good question from a lady who's a single mom. It was a great question, a legitimate question, a great question. And, and as we talked about roles of husbands last week, as we talked about that, her question was, can God still work in my child's life, even if his dad's not involved, even if he's not into this kind of life? And what we would tell you is absolutely God absolutely can. We see right here in this example that God does this. And so uh, we, we, again, want you to know that as, as there are many who are single moms that, that, that deal with this issue of, of being alone and, and raising kids in this way, we want you to know that we love you here and we support you and we want to come alongside you. And, and, and here's what we're going to look at this morning in Scripture. We're going to look in 2 Timothy. Look, look with me in your Bibles in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And moms, what I want to do is I want to issue some challenges to you. I want to issue uh, some challenges for you to think about. Am I living this way out? Because here's a way that you're going to have incredible influence and impact in your children's lives in a spiritual kind of way, which is what we are going to find in Timothy's life. This is what happened with Lois and with Eunice in Timothy's life. Moms influence their children, they influence their children's lives by pouring God's word into their lives, by pouring the scriptures into their children's lives. Moms, what you want to do more than anything is to be sure that your children's lives are grounded in the word of God, because moms, you know this better than anybody. You know, this is that they are going to go through some difficulties and hardships in their lives. They're going to go through disappointments. They're going to go through letdowns. They're going to go through, uh, some will go through job, job loss. Some will go through other kinds of loss. And so it's imperative that from a, a very beginning point in their life that you're giving them a foundation. That you're giving them something that has roots. That when the storm of life comes, that, that their foundation is not going to be washed away. So, so moms, you influence greatly by pouring the word of God into their lives. And what we find in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is that Paul reminds Timothy, if you read chapter 3 in the first part of this to get the full context, Paul's going to remind Timothy that anybody that wants to live a godly life is going to face hardships. He says, you're going to face tough times. You're going to face persecution. You're going to go through some difficulties. And then he says, Timothy, in that time, you need to hang tough. And then he's going to point him back to to the foundation that his mother and that his grandmother gave him. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, it says this. Paul says to Timothy, as you're going through hard times, what he says is, you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. So these things that Timothy has been, they, they've been taught to him. Do you know who was teaching him? You're going to see here in just a minute. You know that these things are true, Timothy. You know you need to be faithful. You need to keep on plugging along. Even when things get hard, you know they're true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Who taught him? Lois and Eunice did. They're the ones that poured the scriptures into his life. And see, Timothy not only had this, this kind of, cognitive understanding of scripture or whatever now timothy was living out his faith timothy would would often and and now he was being put to the test to live out what the word of god said and and he was put to the test of internalizing the truth of god's word and i believe that he saw this modeled in his mother and in his grandmother he saw this going on look at verse 15 he says this he says to timothy he says you have been taught The Holy Scriptures from, everybody say it with me, from when? From childhood. 
You've been being taught this from the very beginning, from childhood. And they have given you wisdom, first of all, to establish the most important thing in your life, which is your eternal destiny, your salvation. Look at what he says. They have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes. How does it come to us? By trusting in Christ Jesus. Notice it doesn't say by the works that you perform or how, uh, you know, he says the, the salvation, it's showing you because you've been taught the scriptures from early on. Now you know how to have a relationship with God. Moms, that's the most important thing that you can establish in your child's life is how to have a relationship with God. Not, uh, not religion, not, you know, uh, churchiosity. Is that a word? It may be, okay? And uh, in, I'm, I'm talking about a relationship with God. And he goes on and he says this to him. He says, Timothy, you've been taught this from childhood. And then Paul's going to say, what is the authority that you've been taught from childhood? All scripture. All scripture has, is inspired by God and is useful to teach. Do you know what the scriptures are that he's talking about? This is Old Testament. He's saying this has been inspired by God. It's Old Testament. You've been learning this. And, and now we know the New Testament also is inspired by God. But, but the New Testament had not been formed yet. It was being formulated. And he says all scripture is inspired by God. Timothy, don't forget. It's useful to teach us what is true. It's useful. It teaches us, makes us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And so in the manner of of devout Israelites, grandmother Lois and mother Eunice taught the Holy Scriptures to Timothy from the beginning. This word, it's interesting, this word childhood in in the original language, it it actually is from infancy. From From before they were even able to walk, you were pouring Christ into their life. You were pouring the word of God into their life. This word again, childhood, is from infancy. You were doing this. And what we find is, is that uh, Eunice teamed up with her, grand, with, with her mom, uh, Lois, and they teamed up and they poured the word of God into Timothy's life even before he could crawl. They were pouring the word of God into his life. They, they read to him and, or talked to him about the stories of Samuel and, and Samson and David and Ruth and Abraham and Noah. He grew up understanding these things. And so whenever Christ came and when Christ was presented, it made sense. He got it. It was all pointing to Jesus. All of this was about Jesus. And so they did everything they could to provide Timothy with the opportunity the opportunity that he needed to learn the word of God, the scripture of God. What they did was they, as, as, these, uh, as these Israelite ladies would do, and as, as the Israelite families would do, they practiced what was called the Shema. And the Shema is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. And here's what, here's what it says. And every Israelite family would live this out and they would practice this and they would post this in their homes and on their doorposts and in their hearts. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is... Everybody say it with me. He's what? He is one. Okay? So we know, we lear- we've been learning through this series called One, that God loves unity, that God is one. And we, we see this. He says, Lord our God, the Lord is one. In the first week of our series, in one, we talked about what? Your relationship with God has to be first. That's above everything else. Moms, 
Your relationship with God, this goes for dads, this goes for everybody here, your relationship with God has to be number one. Has to be number one. The best thing you can do for your kids as, as a mom is to love Jesus with everything you have. To love him, to become more like Christ. Look at what it says. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, they are to be upon your hearts. And now look at what it says. Here's the responsibility. Impress them upon your children. Impress them upon your kids. Make it a part of their life. I like how this goes on. And he, he says this next. He says, the way you impress them upon your children is this way right here. Talk about it. Talk about it when you sit at home. Talk about it when you walk along the road. For us today, it would be talk about it while you're on your way to ball practice <laughs> or while you're on your way to dance or while you're on your way to the school thing or, or whatever it is. Talk about it when you're on your way. It's an everyday part of life. Talk about your faith. Talk about the scriptures. Talk about what God's doing in your life. What this points to is a real relationship with God. This is not a Sunday kind of faith that's being talked about. Talk about it when you lie down. It's a good time as you're going to bed to talk about it and spend that time with the kids and maybe read a scripture with them, find a devotional book or read, or go through a book of the Bible. Just read a few scriptures, pray with them together. Talk about it when you lie down and look at, look at this. Talk about it when you get up. You know, what, I, what I'm finding in this scripture here is it's just a part of who they are. It's a part of their life. That way, it's not such a shock whenever they gather with God's people and they see a mom and a dad living a completely contrary kind of lifestyle, a life of hypocrisy throughout the week. And then they come to church and they see a mom and dad. They don't recognize that mom and dad. You see what this is saying is saying, be be the real thing, be the real thing. And, and, and moms, it's never too early to start teaching God's word to your kids. It's never too late to start if you haven't already. And there's nothing that can replace your role of pouring the scriptures into their lives. And, and thankfully, you don't have to do this all by yourself. Uh, we have a well thought out Bible based uh, activities that are happening within our church. We have vacation Bible school. Uh, we want them to learn the word of God that way. We have student ministry that teaches the word of God. So when Kyle comes in, he teaches God's word. He's not just teaching his opinions on, on this. I mean, he shows them the scriptures. They go through the word of God together. But here is the thing that we want you to know. Our responsibility is to supplement what's already happening in your home. It's not to be the primary thing. If it's the primary thing, there, then there's something that's messed up there. We're supposed to be undergirding. Kyle and Pastor Kyle and Pastor Dustin, both who are involved in student ministry and children's ministry, their philosophy is to come alongside you. You take the lead and we undergird that. We support that. We, we show that this is something that, yeah, what mom, mom and dad is saying, this is what scriptures say. And so we assist you. We're to serve you in that way by assisting you. So you pour God's word into their lives. You, you cherish it yourself. You talk about it, uh, about what's happening in your life. And, and this doesn't mean that you're perfect by any sense of the, of the imagination. It just means this. It means that it's real. 
Which leads us to the next way that you influence our lives the most. And here's what it is. It's by living out an authentic faith. It's by, what I mean by that is being the real deal. Being the real thing. When it comes to your relationship with Christ, so much more than just religion. It's a relationship with Christ. We see this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in the ESV. It says this again, Paul's writing. Remember, he's trying to impress upon Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, here's what he says. He says, Timothy, I am reminded of your, say it with me, your what? Your sincere faith. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that, fir- that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and that same kind of sincere faith that dwelt in your mother Eunice. And now what I see is I see that it dwells in you also. But it started, it started with grandma and mom. And now, Timothy, your life's been changed because of this. Even though Lois and Eunice weren't, were believers Timothy needed to come to a place in his life where he was going to decide to follow Christ. He, he, it, faith is not hereditary, okay? It's not just, and, and I say this to, to everyone this morning, you're not a believer because your mama was a believer, okay? You're not a Christian because mama was a Christian, you know, or anything like that. You, you become a believer when you place your faith in God's grace in, in, in your life But here's the thing that I believe happened here was Timothy saw that it was real in his mom. He saw that it was real in his grandmother. They were serious about their faith. You know what this word means? This or or this phrase, your sincere faith. I was looking this up. What it means is your faith is without hypocrisy. That's what it means. Without hypocrisy. Because think about it, what turns people off to the church more than anything? I don't want to be down there with those hypocrites, right? Or, or, you know, and we're always like, come on, we need one more, okay? And, uh, but here, uh, you know, but here's because we all struggle with it at some point or another. And, and here's the deal. Um, if there's hypocrisy in the home, you know, and you're just coming on Sunday and you're a Sunday kind of believer again and that doesn't match up. What you're going to end up finding is in a lot of cases, your kids are going to grow up and they're going to go, eh, it wasn't real with mom and dad, so it's probably not real. But w- when they see a mom and they see a dad as well, but they see a mom, we're talking to moms today, whose faith is real, that when things do really get tough, that mom trusts in God, that mom has a relationship with God, that mom spends time with God, that mom doesn't just say, go to church. Mom's living her faith out every single day. There's nothing that changes a life more than that. When mom is the real thing. Moms, I just want to challenge you this morning to live an authentic faith. This week, um, I mean, as, as I was thinking about this, you know that no one knows better than a child whether a faith a, a parent's faith is genuine or not. You can't fake it in front of them, right? They know. Nobody knows better than, than our kids whether it's the real thing or not. And I was thinking this week as I was sitting on my back porch, which is where I love to sit, and it's where I have my quiet time alone with God in the mornings. And I, I get up, and, uh, and I was thinking this week as I was sitting there, and I had my cup of coffee, and I used to have my Bible open. Now I have my phone that has every version of the Bible that is so awesome that I can do. Okay, and so I've got my phone out there. 
The problem is, is sometimes a text comes and it interrupts and I'm like, sorry, Jesus. And uh, but but seriously, I was sitting out there and, and I was I was just, you know, looking at some of the birds and and just enjoying some quiet time alone with God. And I was sitting there thinking, you know why I do this? Nobody taught me to do this in seminary. <laughs> Nobody taught me to do this in seminary. I do this. I saw my mother do this growing up. Now, I don't want you to think, I mean, my mom came up, she was in the first service. She said, you made me sound like I was perfect or something like that, okay? I'm not saying my mom was perfect. She would be the first one to say, don't say that, okay? She has her flaws. But let me tell you what I said. Mom, I wasn't trying to make you sound like you were perfect. This is what I saw in you. I saw consistency because I remember on a regular basis waking up, walking into the living room, looking outside and seeing my mom sitting on the back porch with a cup of coffee and her Bible and her prayer journal and seeing her whenever the tough times came. And and as a teenager, we went through some difficulties. Our family went through financial problems. We went through all kinds. My dad lost a job. There were all kinds of things going on. And they were and I saw I saw her praying to God. I saw her reading her Bible. And I thought I do this because she showed me how to do this. She modeled this before me. And, and I, I, I told her in the first service, I appreciate that so much. Nobody told me how to do that in seminary. Nobody said that this is how. And, and by the way, my mother was the one that whenever I was actually, because at that point as a teenager, we were going to church. But listen, I wasn't a believer. I was finding out a lot of things about God, but I was not a believer yet. And, and as we, I would go to school, I would live like a heathen. I'm just saying, okay, because if, and, and I grew up out here, so some of you went to school with me, you know, okay. And, and we were going to church. We were going all of the time to church. And I saw something happen in my mom's life to where she came to faith in Christ and she grew up in church. But she, and she would say she was religious, but it wasn't until she was a younger adult that she actually began a relationship with Christ. And so I saw something happen in my mom's life. I saw something happen in my dad's life. I saw something going on. And so I was living this double life. I was going to church and I was acting one way at church. Total hypocrite. And then I'd go to school and I would just, just totally not live like a believer. I wasn't a believer. And I remember just really just get, being drawn by the Holy Spirit to trust Christ. And, and I, my mom's the one that came in and she said, Bart, what's going on with you? You know, and she was talking to me and, and her faith was really growing in the Lord at this time. And I said, Mom, I just don't think I know the Lord. And it was at that time that my mom said, well, here's the deal. I grew up religious, but I never knew about the grace of God. I grew up, we were legalistic. There was all, I never understood this. Now I have a relationship with God. Bart, you can have the same thing. And my mom and I, we knelt down and I prayed and I trusted Christ at 14 years old. And I'm going to tell you something. My life changed. Changed. Because I saw something that was real in my mom. It was something that was real in her life. And, And again, she led me to a relationship with God. And I just am so grateful for that in my life. This is what Lois and Eunice did for Timothy. And, and again, I just want to point something out here. And this isn't to, to be contrary to what I was saying last week. Because I really do emphasize and believe that there's a spiritual responsibility of a husband and a father. But as we know, sometimes that doesn't happen. What we see is right here is that Paul mentions in Scripture, he mentions Lois and he mentions Eunice. 
he mentions them to Timothy, and we don't read about a dad right here in this equation. We don't read about a grandfather here. Again, that's not saying they're not important because they definitely are. But in this scenario, I believe that God's showing us that that a mom, that a grandmom can make an incredible influence in a child's life right here. Moms, if you want to instill an authentic faith in your kids, then you have to take your faith very seriously. You don't have to be perfect. They don't expect you to be perfect. What they want, what they desire is for you just to be real. Be the real thing. To be the same person Sunday that you are on Monday. To be that same thing. And that influences, it impacts, uh, it impacts their lives. To see consistency there. I heard about a pastor that had had a long conversation with an unbeliever. And he'd been dialoguing with an unbeliever about Christ. And, and, and this unbeliever was, was interested in learning more about uh, Jesus. And, and, uh, and, and anyhow, so he shared the scriptures with him. And, and, it, and at one point, this, this young man came to trust Christ as his Savior. And the pastor was curious. And he said this. He said, what was it that I said that convinced you to become a Christian? He said, well, if I'm being honest, it really was nothing that you said. As you were saying all of these things, I couldn't help but think back on the example of my mom and she had lived out everything that you were saying. And that's what convinced me was I saw how real it was in my mom's life. I think about this kind of faith that was passed from a grandmother to a mother to a son. And I'm convinced that a mom like this is so much more interested in their child knowing the word of God, being grounded in the word of God. Not saying it's wrong to teach them another language. Not saying it's wrong to, uh, to teach them other things. We want them to be well-rounded, but we want them to know that God is the priority in their life. She's interested in, in, in them knowing the scripture. She's interested in their souls much more than just what they wear, you know, their clothing. She's interested in their eternal life as opposed to just their success in this life. She's interested in in their relationship with Jesus and not so much their popularity in this world. Are you following me? Are you with me in this? She's interested in her children, children standing before God rather than their social status. This is a mom whose children's spirituality is the priority over intellectual and musical or athletic accomplishments because those things are temporal. But the spiritual is eternal. It lasts. Timothy's family environment, it was something something that was fertile to his faith and his development. And, And moms, what I would say to you this morning is just the challenge part of this is, are you living that real, authentic kind of life? Again, not a perfect, but just real. When you do make mistakes, we own it, and, and we all do. And as dads, when we make mistakes, we need to own it. We, need to be, we, we don't need to pretend that we're perfect here. We just want to show that we're pursuing God, that, that, he, that it is real. Our kids need to see something that's real, a real authentic thing outside of church. Are they seeing that? Do they see moms, when your kids, when they're looking, do they see someone that forgives? When she's been wronged. You see that's living out your faith. Do your children see someone that guards her mouth. Because, you know, because it's, it's really easy to go along with whatever gossip's going on. Do they see a, a, a lady who says no I'm, I know that that's not godly. And I don't want to live that in front of my kids. Do they see someone who whenever things really get hard. 
Do they see someone that's always filled with anxiety or do they see someone that says, you know, things are rough right now. God never told us that it would be easy, but I trust him. What do they see when they're looking at you today? I know this for many, for many of you, they see someone that's rock solid. They see that in your life and you're changing their life. Here's the final thing this morning. If you're taking some notes, another way you impact your kids I really believe this too, is you teach them to serve God by serving other people. You instill that within them right now as kids. You get them involved in in serving people. You get them right now doing projects that you see your church is involved in. You get them involved going on mission trips and just in serving. You teach them to serve the Lord by serving others. What we find is 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 in the book of Acts in chapter 16. We find that as Paul was preaching here, Timothy was converted. And then Paul would come back a little later on. And here's what we find In Acts 16, it says Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra where there was a young, now look at this word, there was a young disciple, a young disciple. I want you to notice it says disciple, it doesn't say believer here. Luke could have easily written believer because he had written believer in a lot of places, but but he says there was a young disciple named Timothy. Now look, he's going to talk about his mother. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. Let me tell you some things I see in this passage as it's talking about Timothy and his family again. Paul wanted them to join them on their journey. Here's what we find is that Timothy was a strong believer. He he was a disciple. A disciple means a follower. It means a serious believer, a learner, someone that is that has understood the difference in salvation and discipleship. Now he's really following Christ. This is what Timothy was. Timothy also, uh, we see this. He had a great reputation. He had a good reputation. They spoke well of him. They thought well of him. People knew he was a man of integrity. They knew he was a man of the word. He was solid. You know why I think he was solid? Because his mom and his grandma were solid. And they poured that into his life. And here's the other thing that I see in this is that he was available. He was available. Paul wanted him to come alongside him and get involved in serving people and serving God in that way. As you read the book of Acts, you'll see that Timothy was eager to minister. He was eager to use his giftings. He was eager to, to, to come alongside Paul. And, and there is no way, moms, that this kind of commitment to serving people develops if it's not encouraged at home. And, and, and you don't model that. Model that in the way that you serve us. And we know, we know you serve us. We know by the way that you serve people that you're imprinting that on our hearts. And I also think back. Of my mom, and, and of course, I also think of my wife as she mothers our children. You know what I'm blessed in? And, and, and I'll say this to her in the next. I'm blessed, and not only did I see my mom sitting out on that porch and reading the Word of God, I also see my wife modeling that in front of her kids, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed to see that on a regular basis. I would be the first one to tell you that it's way earlier than I get up, okay? She gets up early. And um, I'm still sleeping and hope is having her quiet time before she goes off as a teacher. And, and um, she's allowing the word of God to fill her life and she's communicating with God. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that so much. And 
and I've watched them serve. I've watched them serve other people and love other people. And, and I know this, that she's instilling that kind of, 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 of legacy in our kids' lives. Paul stopped in Lystra for the second time and he enlisted Timothy to become his special assistant. He said, Timothy, I need, I need you, man. And, and so Timothy became his protege. He replaced John Mark. If you know the story about, about Paul and John Mark. And Paul was saying, you know, John Mark kind of left us here. And I need someone that's going to be solid in this. And you know that there's redemption in that story later on. Paul begins to re- refer to Timothy as beloved son. He's just, he becomes his spiritual mentor, his spiritual father. And, and so he's going to grow in this way. But again, it starts with the mom. And it starts with the grandma. Paul says in Philippians, Paul says, I cannot, when he's talking to the church at Philippi, I cannot think of anyone that, that I can think of that's, that takes a genuine interest in your welfare. This is, he's telling this than Timothy. He's genuine. He's the real deal. He's thought highly of. Paul could not wait to unleash him for ministry. Paul, as he's in this place where his life is coming to a close... His life is about to be ended. He's going to be executed for his faith. This was his last letter with 2 Timothy in chapter 2, verse 1. Here's what he says. He says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You've heard me teach these, teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now this is what he's going to say to Timothy. And now you, Timothy, you teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So what happened was Lois and Eunice and Paul passed the baton to Timothy. They, they partnered in this together. It's powerful because it started with Lois, his mom. It started with Eunice. Moms, your job, no doubt, is to pour the word of God into kids' lives. And many of you are doing that in a great way. Um, many of you are living that authentic faith. But, but all of that precipitates this. You're doing that because you want to see your kids make a difference in the world, in serving others. And the w- biggest way they make a difference is serving God by serving others, using their giftings, you releasing them, you passing the baton to them. So that they can serve those who are hurting. So they can love those. I'm not saying that they're all called to be pastors. Timothy, he became a pastor. But they are called, no matter what they become, to live their faith out and let God use them. Some of them will be doctors. Some of them will be accountants. Some of them will be construction workers. Whatever it is, what we need is we don't need more pastors. We need more who are living their faith in a genuine way that are in whatever field they're out there in. And moms, you're the ones that turn them loose to do this and pass the baton. This is a season for graduations. Uh, many have graduated this weekend and some will graduate in the next few weeks. And seniors are on their way to the next stage of their life. And I heard about a man who was speaking to seniors at a Christian school. And he was speaking at their graduation banquet. And he challenged them and he told them this. He said, seniors, you've been served by your parents You've been served by your teachers and you've been served by your pastors. It's now time to take up the towel and to serve others. That's what you're called to do, to take up the towel. And so he then handed each parent a towel 
who in turn passed that towel along to their teenager. And he said, it's time to take up the towel and serve. And that's what you're doing is you're releasing them to serve. You're encouraging them to serve. You're modeling service in front of them. This is how you impact your kids. This is how my life has been impacted. This is how it's been impacted for an eternity. And moms, we want to say thank you. Thank you so much for living that out in front of us. This morning, we just, we bless your name. As the scripture says, we bless you. Your kids, your husband, they arise, they call you blessed. And we are blessed because of you and we love you. Can we pray together this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these special women that you have placed in our life. Lord, we thank you for the special women here at of Eagles View Church. Lord, as they have poured God's word into the lives of their children, they begin to do that. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them in living out their faith in an authentic and real kind of way. Lord, that they would trust in you, Father, to make the the big difference in their life, which in turn will make the difference in their kids' lives. Help them, Lord. Help every woman here to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Lord, help them to feel appreciated today. Help them to to feel our respect and our honor and our love for them. Lord, this morning, I pray you would encourage them today. Some need your comfort. Some need your peace. Lord, we just we just love them so much. And we just want to support them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them a sense of purpose and mission in raising up their children to love you in raising up their children to love you by loving other people and serving others. Teach us more about what that means, God. Again, we just thank you for these incredible women in our lives. We pray they would have a Happy Mother's Day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.